David Sitzer will be uh, sharing with us this morning. I am thrilled to have him here for a couple reasons. One, uh, I've gotten to know him a little bit and have enjoyed all of my conversations and interactions with him. Uh, he has a guy that has a deep heart for people, uh, a love for others, and a, a desire to see all people come to worship and know Jesus. Uh, second, he is connected to good friends of mine, Ryan and Hannah Ray Shelley. Ryan is on staff with David, and I don't know if you'll plan on mentioning that or not, but Ryan's been a part of this community for a long time, and uh, they are doing incredible work with an organization called Side by Side. I'm not going to spend a lot of time talking about it because I assume David will take a moment to share, but if there was an organization in town that kind of captures the heart that I think this community has for people, it is Side by Side. And uh, the amazing thing, at least amazing to me, is that as it got launched, probably 65% of its entire longevity has been in the season of COVID. And to see God continue to sustain this ministry that is meeting the needs uh, of adults in our community has been just really beautiful and profound to watch. Um, so I'm excited to have uh, him come share. I also know that he has a guest reader this morning. We're super excited about that as well. So if you guys could give me a hand as David and Anna come forward, that would be great. Thanks uh, for having us. This is my friend Anna McCoy. Anna is uh, a, a dearly beloved part of Side by Side, and her family is also a part of this church, and so she's going to read our scripture passage, and it'll also be, I think, up on the wall. So, uh, Anna. Jesus entered Zacchaeus and was passing through. A man was there by the name of Zacchaeus. He was a thief truck collector and was wealthy. He went to see who Jesus was, but began he was short. He could not see over the crowd, so he ran and climbed a sycamore tree to see him, since Jesus was coming that way. When Jesus reached the spot, he looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, come down immediately. I must stay at your house today, so come down at once and welcome him gladly. All the people said this and began to mutter, He has gone to be the guest of a sinner. But Zacchaeus stood up and said, The Lord, Lord, look, Lord, there, here, and now I have half of my percentage to the poor, and if I have cheated anyone out of anything, I'll pay him back four times the amount. Jesus said to him, Today my servants had come to the house and been the man too. As the son of Abraham, for the son of man came to seek and save the lost. Thank you so much. Okay, thank you so much, Anna. That was awesome. Thanks for reading for us and helping us dive into this amazing story of Zacchaeus and Jesus, which I feel, I don't know about you all, but I feel like everyone loves this story for some reason. And my theory is that climbing trees is fun. And we all kind of wish it was still socially acceptable for us all to climb trees. But everyone seems to love this story. And whenever I uh, hear this story, I think at our church. Um, so back, we used to live in North Carolina, my wife Kelly and kids. And at our church in North Carolina, we were at 
a lake for a baptism. A member of the congregation was getting baptized, and the congregation was all gathered around the lake. And it was a really neat moment, so Kelly climbed up in a tree to take a picture of everyone watching the baptism. And afterwards, the church was mingling, and (laughs) at least six people came up to her with the exact same joke, like, by the word, the exact same joke. They all walked to her and said, Zacchaeus, you come down. And, like, the best part was that each one of them had this, like, beaming face, sure that they were the first and only person to ever think of that joke. So there's not really... There's not really a point to that story other than that. Everyone loves this story. But um, I thought it would be appropriate to read this story and uh, share about the story this morning in part because I think it fits with the theme of hiddenness. But also it was side-by-side scripture uh, passage for this month. And so I thought that would be a neat com- uh, connection. So side-by-side is a community where people of all abilities... Uh, am I doing too much rustling? Is that a little farther away here? And maybe the fans. Okay. How's that? Is that good? Okay. Community of people of all abilities, so people with developmental disabilities and without de- developmental disabilities who come together and experience life together. And when I say life, I mean both the things of life, like gathering and eating and walking and praying and all those things, but also life, like capital L life, like the life of Jesus that he has for us. We all want to share that life together. So we want to be a community where people of all abilities are together, not in an above and below sense, not like an I'm helping you, just leading you sense, but leading and following one another and giving and receiving from one another. Um, So that's what Side by Side is about. And each month we have a different scripture passage that we get to reflect on. And we don't want to rush through Scripture because um, there's so much richness in it. And also, um, some people just need more time to... We all need more time to explore the depths of Scripture. So this was our passage this month. And one way we engaged with it was we have a, a morning prayer time three mornings a week. And we come together and just follow a very accessible, uh, simple liturgy. And we like to engage in ways that aren't just with words. So we, we look at images. And so this is an image that we, uh, this, this painting that we looked at about the story of Zacchaeus, which I think is really beautiful. And I'm not going to lie, I don't know who painted it. But sorry. But um, so we try to engage in different ways with scripture. Oh, missing the thing. Put it on. It's a little awkward, but everybody sees it, so it's okay. Is that better? Is that, is that good for you, Joseph? Yeah. yeah. Right. And um, so we try to engage with Scripture in different ways. Uh, we also uh, reflected on it together at our huddle, which is our large group gathering um, where we have dinner together and play some games and sing and reflect on Scripture together. We like to really teach each other and not just have one person teach. So we did an exercise just last week with this story where you can show that next image where um, you can't, the words are small, but we, uh, people wrote down when is a time that you were seen and heard? Because Zacchaeus is seen and heard by Jesus in a way that he hadn't experienced in his life. 
And we all, in different ways, often go through life where we're not seen or heard in the way that we all deserve. And through this exercise, we learned more about Jesus seeing and hearing Zacchaeus and more about Jesus seeing and hearing each one of us. I also think this passage uh, really fits with this theme of hiddenness. And now, and not even just Zacchaeus being hidden by, behind the crowd because he was short, but um, in a deeper sense, I think Zacchaeus is hidden from his neighbors, from everybody around him, and he's also hidden from himself. So, if you look around at his neighbors, those people that were in his community, they knew two things about Zacchaeus. First, he was short. And second, he was a jerk. And not, that's not actually, that's not a literal translation, but I think that's kind of reading between the lines. He was a figure that was disliked because of the way that he um, worked things to his own profit. So he was a tax collector, we're told, and he was rich. Now about this tax collector thing, tax collectors in that day, so Zacchaeus was a Judean, native Judean, uh, an Israelite uh, by birth, but Judah, the whole Israelite people, as you might know, were under the uh, control of the Roman Empire. And Rome wanted cash money. And they, they got that through taxes. And they were really smart about how they uh, taxed the Israelites and all their other uh, colonies and territories. So instead of sending Romans out to collect taxes, they, they hired out native people from those areas. And so Zacchaeus was one of those people. They figured it's cheaper to do it that way, and these folks know their neighbors better than we ever would, and they'll do a better job. And then it's less work for us. So Zacchaeus was a tax collector for the uh, Roman Empire. And he would get a pretty big commission. So he, he made a lot of money this way, and sometimes they were known to uh, skim a little extra off the top. So Zacchaeus got rich, both through legal and kind of extra-legal ways. He got rich from the system, and he got rich from kind of working the system, which honestly sounds a lot like really wealthy people today, uh, getting rich from the system and from working the system. And so people didn't really like him. Plus, he was short. So he's probably easy to make fun of, easy to exclude. But that's what they saw when they saw Zacchaeus. They saw those two things. He was greedy and he was short. Um, but I think it's also necessary to say that Zacchaeus was hidden from himself. So here he is, a native Judean, a child of the covenant, an Israelite by birth, but who sold out and became this tool for the Roman Empire. That's who he had become, that's who he had come to believe he was. That's what he believed he was about. And I wonder, I wonder how Zacchaeus, we don't know, we can't get into his mind, but I wonder what, what story he told himself to make that make sense to him. I wonder how he narrated his own life 
to himself. I think it's amazing how we're able to narrate to ourselves in a way that's self-deceptive. And in that way, we can become hidden from our own selves, uh, from uh, our, our true selves. But Jesus, who, as uh, the book of Acts says, is the one in whom we live and move and have our being. And Colossians says, with whom we are hidden, our lives are hidden in God. This Jesus, he knows us. And he knows the real us. And he knows Zacchaeus. So as Jesus is going along, he stops and he spots Zacchaeus up in this tree, which I think is kind of a wonderful metaphor. He sees him past the crowd, through the branches, but he also sees him in a much deeper sense. And he says, he gets right to the heart of it. He says, I'm coming to your house to stay. That'll, that right there is a sign of trust and honor and uh, brotherly fellowship. To stay and eat with a fellow Israelite. And then, at, and then at the end, this is even more telling. Jesus says at the end of our story, this man too is a son of Abraham. A son of Abraham. So remember, so Zacchaeus, he sold out. He sold out to the Roman Empire, and he was working essentially against his own people's interests. He had betrayed his own Jewish identity. And in this moment of redemption, Jesus uses these words, I think, very intentionally. Son of Abraham. Meaning, child of the covenant. One of God's chosen people. He's calling Zacchaeus back to himself. I think we're all constantly being called back to ourselves. It's amazing how easily we can get confused about who we are, what we're about. In every season of life, we can kind of get, we can drift away from who we are. And so we're always being called back to ourselves. It's part of the life of faith, being called back again and again. And I think that's also why we're in life with one another. This church is all about, like, doing life together. And part of what we do together, whether it's spouses or friends or family or neighbors, we, we remind ourselves, we remind each other of who we are. We call our, each other back to who we are over and over again. Whenever, for so many different reasons, we can start to drift away. We've got people in our lives say, nope, that's, that's, not, that's not you, David. That's, that doesn't fit. Calling us, calling each other back over and over again. And I want to apologize in advance because this is a really cheesy example, but I actually think it's a really good one. So, but it's really cheesy, but it's really good. But so in The Lion King, uh, there's that wonderful scene where... Uh, Simba, so he had fled, his father had died, and he's, he's living the good life in the jungle, Hakuna Matata, and then he has that vision of his father. And uh, Rafiki had carried him out into this wilderness and has this vision of his father, Mufasa, and he, and, and of course it's that, I should have shown it, because it's got the great James Earl, jo James Earl Jones voice, and he says, remember who you are. And so the whole movie, the whole story is about Simba being called back to himself. 
And that, I think, is over and over again the life of faith, being called back. Remember who you are. So you see what I mean? It's cheesy, but it's also like, it's a perfect, perfect example. Okay. So Zacchaeus is hidden from his own self, and Jesus finds him and calls him back to who he is. And in this process, there are two traits that Zacchaeus shows that I think from which we can learn. Two traits. The first trait is curiosity. Zacchaeus is curious. So this weekend is a big weekend for, well, for all of humankind, I believe. Not the Olympics. Ted Lasso is returning. I know Sijin. If there are any Ted Lasso fans out there, if not, it's not too late. You should get into it. I know someone who watched <laughs> season one ten times, which is excessive. But um, Ted Lasso is the show about this American football coach who gets recruited uh, to coach an English soccer team. And the, the basis of the narrative is, it's a bit of a stretch, but you kind of have to suspend like reality and just enjoy it. And it's an amazing show. It's about character and about kindness. And the best scene in season one is, so Ted Lasso, uh, the main character, gets in this darts match with kind of the, really the villain of the story, this wealthy guy named Rupert. And they get into a darts competition and Rupert is just one of those figures that even though you know he's fictional, you just, he, you loathe him. He's horrible. And so they have, this, they have this back and forth where Ted Lasso starts to talk about everyone who's picked on him his whole life. And it all revolves around this quote from Walt Whitman that says, be curious, not judgmental. Be curious, not judgmental. And he's implying that Rupert, as this wealthy, arrogant man, is, is only judgmental. He is not interested in other people. Zacchaeus, in this story, is curious. And his neighbors are only judgmental. So at this point in, in the narrative, Jesus' ministry has been going on for uh, a few years. And word has spread about this person who this rabbi, this prophet, gained followers. And he's coming through Jericho, and it, and it seems strange. You know, Zacchaeus, he's this wealthy person. He's, he's doing just fine with the status quo. It doesn't really make sense that he would be drawn towards this troublemaking, itinerant preacher who, you know, talks about things like care for the poor, et cetera, et cetera, all the things that Zacchaeus maybe isn't about. But there's something, there's something that uh, stirs his curiosity. And so much so that he goes out of his way to get there, and then when he can't see him, he climbs up in a tree just to get a view. So he's curious. I think curiosity is a wonderful characteristic. I admire curious people because it seems that you have to be at least a little bit humble to be curious. 
And you especially have to do that most important thing, which is to listen. I wonder what it would look like for each of us to be more curious, just in general. Curious about the world around us. I was thinking about, this is, this is a, weird, a weird image to use because it's like, it's not even, I don't even know what I'm talking about, but I was, I remember it in the back of my mind. There's some writer, some kind of spiritual mystic writer who talked about going out to discover the world around him and all its intricacies, and he didn't even make it past his backyard. And again, I don't remember who it was, so it's really kind of killing the illustration, but still, I love the image of there's so much of interest in God's world. And we seem to be in the habit of going through life way too fast to notice any of it. And we're not curious about the smallest details of, you know, tiny little creatures around us, or trees, or I don't know, it's just, it's all so interesting. And we could be more curious about the world around us. About people. Sometimes it's good to stop and think about how infinitely interesting people are. Like every person, your neighbor, the person that you've passed a thousand times on the way to work, the people you work with, people are so remarkable, and there's so much to discover about them, but too many times we're not curious. And I wonder, too, about is there a way in which we can be curious um, in our faith? Like, I always admire people who seem to have, a, like, an, a heightened um, sense. They're more attuned to kind of God's mysterious movement in their lives. And it's easy for me to kind of just barrel forward. This is what I'm doing. I've got my family. I've got my work. I've got, you know, just keep on keeping on. And what would it be like to be more curious about nudges of the Spirit? Like, what's God up to in your life right now in a way that you won't notice if you don't slow down and listen a little bit? So what does it mean to be curious in faith? But curiosity only gets you so far, and so the second trait that Zacchaeus shows is conviction. Curiosity and conviction. So Zacchaeus comes down from the tree, and he greets Jesus, and he prepares to welcome him into his home. But then people, again, remember, judgmental, not curious, people begin to mutter, I can't believe that Jesus is with this guy. So what happens next is fascinating. Jesus doesn't say anything. At least we're told. He doesn't say anything. Before he does, Zacchaeus declares, almost out of nowhere, here and now I give half of my wealth away, and if I've cheated anyone, I pay back four times that amount. Remember how we were saying that Zacchaeus grew rich through both the system and working the system, through legal and extra-legal means? It, it feels now like he's atoning for both of those. He's paying back what he's robbed, plus some, but also just exchanging his greed for generosity. He comes to see in the presence of Jesus 
that all things are being made new. And so he acts with conviction. There's two hints that this statement should be read with extra emphasis. First, it says Zacchaeus stood up and said, this is a great way to say, pay attention. This is important. He stood up and said. That's not a necessary detail for the story, but it turns our attention to it. Zacchaeus stood up and said. And the second is he starts by saying, look, which is often or, or has often been uh, um, translated as behold. But it's that, it's that attention grabber. It's like saying, yo, listen. So two reasons that we should say this is really important. Zacchaeus acts right then and there with conviction. I give away half my wealth, and if I have cheated anyone, I pay back four times that amount. So he acts decisively and dramatically, and he changes his whole life. In that moment, he moves from observer to disciple. This is an important movement of faith, from observer to disciple. We're called to be these people of conviction, to move from observer to disciple. And it's too easy for me, personally, to get... I like getting my feet wet, but not really going for it with things. I told you earlier, I I admire curiosity, but again, curiosity isn't enough. It's important not to just kind of dabble in things always, but to act with conviction sometimes, especially uh, as followers of Jesus. Like for me, for a long time, I've been curious, I've been interested in like caring for creation and in the environment and being an environmental green small footprint person. But it's easy to be curious. Like it's easy to read the right articles and be able to have interesting conversations with people about it and maybe like buy some vegetables organic but not others and you know, or whatever. I mean, uh, it's easy to kind of be curious about it but not really do anything that costs anything. And maybe it's time to act in a way that costs something. Zacchaeus acted in a way that cost him something. And doing that is scary, because you could lose something, or it could be inconvenient or hard. It's scary to act with conviction. But it's also, I believe, freeing to act with conviction. There's freedom in it. Because when we act with conviction in a faithful way, we're we're responding to God's invitation. We're we're following the Spirit. And what could be more freeing than following God's Spirit? Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. So I wonder what's stirring your curiosity these days. If you can stop and pause and wonder, I wonder if there's something of the Spirit in that. And then also, where is God moving you to act not just with curiosity, but with conviction, to really be decisive in how you're following Jesus in real, tangible ways? These are questions that Zacchaeus helps us to ask ourselves in our hidden life with Christ. I want to close with a kind of a blessing prayer. 
So speaking of hidden, some friends both of Side by Side and of New Community, our friends at Larsh Trinity House, some of you know them, uh, they have um, been hidden for the past year and a half, even longer than most of us because of the coronavirus pandemic. Uh, but I got a video of them leading us in a blessing. So at the end of our common prayer that I talked about earlier, we always close with a responsive blessing from number six, so where it says, may the Lord bless you and keep you. And we do it responsibly. So the leader says, may the Lord bless you and keep you. And everyone responds, may the Lord bless you and keep you in an echo. And so if we can get the video up, I hope it's uh, good. So there's hopefully a little pause each time. Hold on a sec. Uh, there's hopefully a little pause each time they say it. And we can all respond enthusiastically. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face toward you and give you peace. The Lord turn his face toward you and give you peace. Amen. Thank you.